Welcome to Christ Church Anglican. We hope that you are blessed by today's sermon. Would you pray with me? And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. This morning, I would like to uh, work our way through four points that we learned from the story of the life and martyrdom of St. Stephen. Uh, And as we go through with each point, we're going to reach uh, a more challenging thought But I also believe that if we're willing to accept it, there's also a greater comfort and promise of Christ uh, at each level. Uh, So we're going to start on the most obvious level, which is as we get into the story in Acts, we, we find out that very early on in the life of the church, that the apostles could not possibly attend to all the tasks which the church, the bride of Christ, faces. And that means likewise that those who continue the work of the apostles today, our archbishop, our bishops, our our own blessed fathers, that they likewise cannot attend to everything in the life of the church that has to be seen to. Now, their role is incredibly important for us. Those who have been called to vocational ministry uh, have, have the responsibility of making sure that the gospel is rightly proclaimed in our parish and in the world beyond, and that you and I, as members of the body of Christ, as members of this parish, are trained up as sound disciples for whatever it is that we may face in our lives as we continue to follow after Jesus. And this is a huge responsibility. We are told by the scriptures that the gospel has been handed down once and for all time by our Lord Jesus Christ and entrusted to his apostles who have passed it down the line generation after generation. And so we deeply revere this work of vocational ministry that our ordained clergy perform for us. And it is absolutely job one of the church of Jesus Christ to make sure that the message of the life and death and resurrection of Jesus is preserved and proclaimed to the ends of the earth. Now that said, there are a lot of other things that we've got to think about in the life of the church. And you can see these concerns here in Acts. You've got uh, social issues. You've got ethnic tension between uh, those believers who had come by way of being uh, lifelong born Jews in the land of Judea to those who may have been born a part of Jewish communities out in the Greek world or even Greek converts to Judaism. So this, uh, this, this tension between the Hebrews and the Hellenists that we see. So it is in our day that we have different cultures and subcultures and groups in the church. And we also have day-to-day concerns, food, shelter, health care, those sorts of things. If the gospel means anything, it has to mean something with those practical concerns of life. But if we're going to allow our ordained clergy to do that job they are uniquely called to do, to preserve and proclaim the gospel and train you and I in the teachings of the gospel. That means that other folks in the church are going to have to step up and play a role for all of these other jobs that the church of Jesus Christ is tasked with as we journey through this world. To put it bluntly, Christianity is not a spectator sport. It is a participation sport. Sometimes it's a contact sport. 
There's no sitting on the bench. There's no sitting on the sidelines. Every one of us who considers ourselves a disciple of Jesus Christ has a role to play. You could see this expressed in several places in the scriptures, most pointedly in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where Paul can, compares the church of God to the human body. Every part of your body and my body has a specific function. And if some part of the body is missing or ill or infirmed, or as I'm getting older some days, just doesn't want to work, my whole body is worse off. But when all the parts of my body are functioning as they should, I am healthy and able to go about the things I have to do. So it is with the body of Christ. All of us have a part to play and there are tasks that require all of our attention. Some of us have certain giftings and others have different ones and every one of us plays a role. This is a vital concept. Right? I think it's interesting that this story takes place around the idea of feeding people. You could sort of think back to the story of the feeding of the 5,000 in the Gospels when Jesus looks at his disciples and said, well, you feed them. And they had that sudden realization, oh yeah, we can't. And so they were depending on God to address that feeding in some other way. Well, when you fast forward to now that our Lord Jesus had ascended and they are left with his church, they very wisely realize once again, they can't feed everybody at the table. And so they begin to open up opportunities to lead and to serve for other people in the church. That is very true today. Everywhere, every day around the world and right here in this building, as soon as we're allowed to come back into it and be together, there are things that need to get done that our priests do not have time to attend to. And you and I have been given by God, and the, uh, God the Father and God the Holy Spirit the giftings we need to help them do that work because together we are the body. Lesson number two that we pick up in the life of Stephen is that you don't have to be called to the work of an apostle to proclaim the gospel. Part of the reason we set aside clergy, or really God sets aside clergy, in order to train you and I in how, how uh, to understand the gospel is so that you and I can also proclaim to other people. Now, some have more giftings in this area than others, but all of us have, have the ability to talk about who Jesus is and what he's done for us. The, the job of witnessing to the world belongs to everyone. In fact, it is fascinating to me that if you go through the entirety of the New Testament, the longest sermon given by anybody other than Jesus is this sermon from Stephen. We have other sermons recorded. We, we know things that, that Peter preached and that Paul preached on various occasions. And yet, the longest sermon not offered by our Lord and Savior in the New Testament is offered by Stephen who was not an apostle. The work of lay people in sharing the gospel is absolutely critical. We may not all be priests in the sense of standing in apostolic succession with that heavy burden to make sure that the gospel is, is preserved in that institutional way. Nonetheless, as Peter points out in 1 Peter 2.5, that we are a priesthood of all believers. Not every believer is in that apostolic line, but every believer has the priestly opportunity to share and witness 
about the gospel. This is something that we should be looking for opportunities to do. And it's the reason why we spend so much time in prayer and in study in the church, right? So we've made those first two steps and hopefully that was not, not, not too rough, right? So we can embrace these concepts. There's a role for everybody to play in the church. And we're not all called to, to preach from the pulpit or to teach Sunday school class. But from time to time, all of us uh, may have opportunities to share the gospel with others. And this is part of the Lord's plan for his church. But now we get to some of the more challenging teachings. As Stephen was being martyred in this passage. He did not cry out about his own suffering. He did not ask God to stop those who were murdering him. He did not cry out to God to ask for vengeance against those who murdered him. Instead, St. Stephen in his martyrdom, just as our Lord had done on the cross, prayed that God would forgive those who were harming him. One of the things we learn here is that a Christ-like heart in the face of a crisis, in the face of mistreatment, even in the face of death, murder, betrayal, a Christ-like heart is more concerned about the souls who are doing you wrong than about what's happening to you. That's a hard lesson. If we were to go back to uh, confessing our sins, I, I would have to be really honest that I'm not always good at demonstrating that I've learned this lesson. It's a tough one. But it is a, a, a mark of Christian character. Do we have the capacity to put what we're going through aside and look at other people, even people who are doing wrong, even people who are doing wrong to us. Can we look at them with eyes of love and compassion the way our Lord Jesus has looked at us? This is a, a deep, deep challenge. But it's something that we can rise to with the Lord's help. I thought Father Stephen did such a beautiful job last week explaining uh, what I would argue is one of the most abused uh, verses of Scripture, uh, Philippians 4.13. You know, we see it in locker rooms and on T-shirts. I can do all things. And yet what Paul seems to really be saying, and, and by the way, linguistically in the Greek, it's a defensible translation. I can endure all things through Christ who strengthens me. And no doubt about it, sometimes it's going to take an act of Christ to give us that strength. Sometimes it is so hard to look past our own hurt, our own fear, our own worries, and put kingdom causes first, to bear witness in the midst of our sorrow and our hardship. And yet, and yet Paul tells us we can do it, not on our own, but through Christ. And in fact, in, in the book of Philippians, he lines out how he has done it, not on his own, but through Christ. I think that's important for us in the situation we're in in the world right now. Times are tough in Midland, Texas. We are facing some incredible challenges. 
We have friends and neighbors and maybe your own family that are dealing with a terrible pestilence, an economic disaster. We have political turmoil. We have neighbor arguing with neighbor. We, 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 we have a shortage of toilet paper. I mean, the world has gone crazy. And it is easy for us to look at everything that is happening and think, poor me. And you know what? Those feelings may be justified. And yet there's a higher call that we can answer. And that may sound like a burden, but think of the promise. Yes, Jesus is calling us to put our needs aside for the moment and think about other people, even people who we feel like have done us wrong. And yet he also promises to be there with us. Paul says, it's through Christ that I can endure these hardships, right? So no, we don't want to endure them, but yes, we desperately want Jesus with us. And it is an incredible comfort to know that in our darkest moments and our most trying times, even in the face of death, Jesus is with us and he is giving us the strength to endure. No, oh, I wish I could tell you that he was just going to get us out of it. I wish I could be like some preachers out there who say that if you trust Jesus enough, that you won't go through hard times, that you won't lose your job, that you won't get sick, that nobody will ever betray you, that everything will turn up roses and every day will be a Friday. I wish I could, but I can't. But I can tell you that when those tough times come, Jesus is with you. He is with you every step of the way. And not only can he teach you to endure it, he can even use you to bear witness to others because whatever you're going through, somebody else out there is too. And the same Jesus who wants to comfort you and carry you through also wants you to tell somebody else about him so that they too can put their trust in him. And that leads us finally to the final point. Follow the shepherd no matter the circumstances. It's a beautiful thing that Jesus says to us in John chapter 10, that if we belong to him, we hear his voice and we respond. And he meant it. As we look at what happened in the martyrdom of Stephen, in that moment when his life was draining away from him, in that moment when an angry mob was slowly killing him, stone after stone, he opened his eyes and he saw Jesus. Right at the worst of it. We know from Psalm 23 that he is always with us, even in the valley of the shadow of death. He is always there. As he said in John 16, in the world, you will have tribulation. Whew, do we have tribulation today? But he says, take heart, for I have overcome the world. Jesus is leading us to a better place. In order to get there, we're going to have to cover some rough territory. Maybe as you watch this, your family is, is going through calamity because of what's happened to our oil markets. Maybe you or somebody you love has been struck down with COVID-19 or some other illness. Maybe your relationships are tattered and beaten. Maybe somebody who should have been there for you betrayed you or, you know what? Maybe in the words of the old comic strip Pogo, we have seen the enemy is, and it is us. Maybe you have painted yourself into a corner. 
But if you're suffering this morning, whether it's caused by massive economic and political forces, whether it's caused by a disease, whether it's caused by somebody else, or whether you, you, you found yourself hoisted on your own petard, no matter what you're going through, Jesus is with you. He's there. He sees you. He hears you. He has suffered. He has been afflicted. He has been betrayed. He has borne the guilt of others, even though he himself did nothing to feel guilty about. And he says to you and I that we should listen for his voice. And when we hear it, we should follow for he can lead us to life. Maybe we won't see that life in this world, but it's real and it's there and he is guiding us to it. So this morning I encourage you, don't be afraid of the hardships that come. They will be challenging. There will be times when you're scared. There will be times when you're afraid, but Jesus is there just as he was for Stephen, just as he was for his apostles, just as he always will be. Put your trust in him and know that he is strong enough because he truly lives and reigns with his heavenly father, with the power of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, feel free to visit us online at ccanglican.com. We hope you will join us again soon.